0: This initiative will remove a majority of the inmates on death row from San Quentin, put them into high security other prisons where they have to work.
1: It's certain to make California's already dysfunctional and costly death penalty system even more costly and even more dysfunctional.
2: Welcome back to Upvote California, a podcast for California voters. This episode is part of our 2016 California Proposition Series, where we focus on each proposition on the ballot and bring on experts to discuss both sides of the issue. I'm your host, Brian Atwood. Today's episode is about Proposition 66, the Death Penalty Procedures Initiative, which would change the way California handles death penalty appeals and other procedures, We are fortunate to have two experts representing each side. We have Michael Ramos, the district attorney for San Bernardino County, to take the supporting side of Prop 66, and we have Paula Mitchell, the legal director at Loyola Law School's Project for the Innocent, to talk about the opposing view. We start each episode with a brief summary and some key facts. In California, there are 746 offenders on death row, with some prisoners on death row for over 30 years. The goal of Proposition 66 is to make several changes to the death penalty process to greatly reduce the time from conviction to execution. Supporters say vote yes on Prop 66 to fix the death penalty, but not end it as we still need this punishment in place for the worst criminals. Opponents say vote no since Prop 66 will make matters worse by leading to more appeals and more cost. So you're probably saying, wait a minute, didn't we cover this already? Our first episode was on Proposition 62, which would repeal the death penalty and replace it with life imprisonment. Prop 66 was brought up as a counter to 62 and says, don't throw out the death penalty, but fix some of the systems around it. And it claims to do this in a number of ways. First, it requires the appeals and habeas corpus proceedings to be completed within five years, where today it could take 10, 20, 30 years. Next up, it says expand the pool of available attorneys to people on death row by requiring attorneys that are qualified to accept capital punishment cases, even if they haven't accepted them in the past. So the claim is that an attorney is assigned as soon as possible instead of waiting sometimes up to five years. It also tries capital punishment cases and appeals processes at the county court level instead of the California Supreme Court level, saying that the Supreme Court is currently overloaded. It also moves criminals out of San Quentin to possibly be housed at other prisons. And then finally, it increases the portions of wages that go towards victims' families' retribution. Let's take a look at some of the financial and backing data. The state currently doesn't have an estimate for what impacts this is going to have on the ongoing cost for legal challenges of the death penalty. In the short term, there's going to be potentially tens of millions of dollars in costs due to the acceleration of the appeals process and ongoing perhaps a savings of tens of millions of dollars on prison costs. As far as campaign backing, the No on Prop 62, Yes on 66 pact has raised about $4 million and is largely funded by peace officer organizations. On the opposing side, the Yes on 62, No on 66 pact has raised about $5 million. The largest donors are individual tech executives from Silicon Valley. The No on Prop 66 pact has raised about a half a million dollars and is sponsored by the ACLU of Northern California. At this time, let's switch over to our experts to talk about the pros and cons of Proposition 66. Today we have Mike Ramos to talk with us about the supporting viewpoint for Proposition 66. Mike has been the district attorney for San Bernardino County since 2002 and was recently elected as president of the National District Attorneys Association. Throughout Mike's career, he has continued to fight violent crime and corruption and make victims' rights a priority. Welcome to Upvote California, Mike.
0: Oh, thank you very much for having me.
2: Uh, Can you start off by explaining Prop 66 briefly and why it is important for Californians to vote yes?
0: Sure, absolutely. We started this process a little over a year ago in our capital in Sacramento with about 15 uh, fellow elected DAs and our law enforcement partners. And we had uh, committed to the... Citizens of California in 2012, when we defeated an attack on the death penalty, that we needed to fix this broken system. This initiative that we did get on the ballot is going to fix all of the appellate issues and actually is going to save the Citizens of California uh, millions of dollars.
2: So um, when you say fix the the broken process, I think a lot of people know that the appeals process takes a long time and and but I don 't yes. think a lot of people know the details about why it takes so long or is um, what what's good and bad about that? What changes in particular yeah. are going to be made to the process and and what effects do you think that will yeah. have
0: yeah, and you're right. People are frustrated with the death penalty because it takes so long. You have murders that have been on death row for over thirty years they've exhausted numerous appeals a frivolous appeals. What it's going to do immediately is it's going to expand the pool of attorneys for these people that have been convicted of the worst murders in our state. And right now it takes anywhere from, you know, five to six years to even get them an attorney appointed to start their appeals process. And, you know, even the guys on death row like that. So they'll get an attorney as soon as they are sentenced. Mm -hmm. It's also going to limit the time of appeals from 30 years now to five years to get all of the appeals and motions done in writing and to have those hearings immediately. Now, if there's issues that pop up during those years uh, regarding any innocence issue, they will still have the due process to extend that time period. But all these frivolous motions of, um, you know, uh, somebody from Mars did the murder, et cetera, et cetera. I'm, I'm, you know, using that as a hypothetical will uh, will will not be heard. That is just ridiculous, and it's a delay pattern. So those are the two main parts that you're going to— and you're also going to have, I should say, some of the appellate issues heard at the local courts, the superior courts, the judges that actually heard the trial, which makes so much sense. So that's really the dynamics about fixing the appeals process.
2: Mm-hmm. And I guess the critics would say that uh, fixing that, you, you may— remove some some checks that then lead to innocent people getting convicted yeah. or, or executed. What, what, what sure. safeguards are in place to prevent those, those, uh, those checks yeah. from
0: going away? Absolutely. We do have checks and balances. One is first the guilt phase, the jury verdict. Then you have the same jury that looks at the evidence and reviews whether or not this is, reaches the level of the death penalty in the penalty phase. Then they're going to continue to have all the rights of the appeals that they currently have except where we're going to give them a lawyer early so they can start their appeals early. We will never deny anybody an appeal if they have a motion to prove that they are innocent. A lot of these motions have to do with evidence, uh, attorney incompetence, defense attorney incompetence, and if they win on those hearings, then we will retry the case. But it's all about a due process for both sides, both the accused and both the victims and the family members. Um, the last thing we want to do is execute an innocent person. We take this, we take this responsibility very serious, and there has never been proven that there is an innocent person on death row in the state of California. And that was even said by then Attorney General Jerry Brown.
2: Hmm. Um, I was switching gears a little bit. I think um, there are some opponents of the death penalty that say it's not an effective deterrent, and I, I think. Part of that is because you have people sitting on death row for for decades. Um, yeah. What do you think Prop sixty six will change about that? Will it will it make it a deterrent, or or do you think that that's not sure. really an important argument? Actually,
0: uh, I, I I think it is a deterrent. I think these these criminals, these murders, they think twice about, especially uh, killing a peace officer. We got uh, death row inmates that have killed forty three peace officers in the line of duty. There would be a bigger problem if we didn't have the death penalty. How do I know that? You mentioned I'm the president of NDAA, the National DA's Association in Arizona um, the, and New Mexico. They're trying to uh, re-implement the death penalty because they just had an officer killed in the line of duty. And it's actually uh, New Mexico that the governor is saying these criminals know now that if they shoot an officer, kill an officer, they're not looking at a death sentence. So they're free to do whatever they can to escape justice. I guarantee you we will have a huge, huge increase in murders uh, in the state of California. Um, And the
2: final question I had is... Oh, a big talk about the death penalty is how much it costs, and in part because yeah. uh, criminals are left on death row for decades, it's very expensive sure. actually to to house them and to go through all the appeals process. Yeah. What kind of um, fiscal impact do you think Prop 66 would have, where it's it's not replacing the death penalty but changing the appeals process? Do you have a um, an idea for the financial Absolutely. impact?
0: We sure do. The LAO's office, Legislative Analysis Office. Uh, they um, did a research, and it could save tens of millions of dollars because this initiative will remove a majority of the inmates on death row from San Quentin, put them into high security other prisons where they have to work for a living, and they have to. And those those funds they they um, get during work will go to victims and victims' families, and during the appeals process. And then we have 18 that have exhausted their appeals. And instead of housing people for life, uh, which is very expensive, when you commit the worst of the worst crimes and you do finally get the sentence of death, that is going to save millions and millions of dollars.
2: And one final thing. if. When voters go to the uh, the polling booth, there's a lot of uh, issues on the ballot that they, they need to think yeah. about. Um, there's a whole bunch. So when they see Prop 66, yeah. what is the – what's the one thing that you want them to remember?
0: Well, here's what I know about polling. We just got a recent poll, a California poll that looked at the presidential race, Senate race, and it looks like the Prop 62 that's going after the death penalty is losing. The public still believes in capital punishment. Secondly, this is going to be a two due process. This isn't something where we're just going to go out and, and you know, put people in electric chairs. No, we, they're going to have the due process, and I want the public to think about that. When they go in the, the voter's box, think about the families. Think about the mother, mothers, the husbands, the wives that have lost children and loved ones to these horrendous murderers. And I think for a just society, I would ask for their vote for Prop 66.
2: Next up, we have our interview on the opposing side to Prop 66. We are happy to have Paula Mitchell on Upvote California today to represent the opposing view to Proposition 66. Paula is the executive director of the Alarcone Advocacy Center and the legal director of Loyola Law School's Project for the Innocent, where she oversees student advocates pursuing claims of innocence for people that have been wrongfully convicted. She has spent her career fighting injustice and is a prominent scholar on the death penalty in California. Thank you for joining us on Upvote California, Paula.
1: Thank you, Brian. I'm happy to be here.
2: Um, Can you get us started by explaining Prop 66 briefly and why it is important for Californians to vote no?
1: Yes, uh, I would be happy to. As I read Prop 66, it's little more than a morass of a lot of false promises. It's poorly drafted, and it's Certain to make California's already dysfunctional and costly death penalty system even more costly and even more dysfunctional. And I can explain that a little bit. It includes a number of provisions that will never be implemented and are certain to be challenged on constitutional grounds for starters. Um, it, It dictates to the California Supreme Court that it has to prioritize death penalty cases over all other pressing cases before the court. That's what the court would have to do to meet the mandate in Prop 66 that directs the court to decide all death penalty appeals in five years or less. Right now, the court takes anywhere from 10 to 15 to, in some cases, 25 years to decide a a death penalty appeal. And it takes that long for a variety of reasons, but simply dictating to the court that it has to now decide these cases within five years is, is unworkable for a number of reasons. Um, another deeply troubling aspect of Prop 66 is that it fails to include any funding provisions. So while it makes these great promises about how it's going to speed things up, it doesn't really explain how it's going to pay for that. So, um, for example, we're supposed to now send all of the, the state habeas petitions to the superior court, but who's going to pay for that? Ultimately, um, it's going to be the counties and some of California's biggest death penalty counties like San Bernardino, Riverside, Los Angeles, they're already experiencing severe shortages in funding for their authorized judgeships. So what that means is those courts are now going to be burdened with these cases, and they're going to have to come up with the money, I guess, at the county level to pay for it, because Prop 66 doesn't say anything about it. who's going to pay for that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up, because uh, I think the the opposition will say that it, it's poorly written. So thank you for clarifying that. And and. One thing that I I wanted to ask, too, that may tie into that is um, supporters will say, oh, we're going to save money from the reduced sentencing, but the opponents say it's going to be more costly. And I I think the state budget uh, uh, has kind of – sorry, it's not the state budget, but the the people that look at the ballots say that it's kind of unclear um, whether it's going to save or cost money. What are your thoughts on on places where you think it's going to cost a lot more money than people anticipate?
1: Um, Well, I heard somebody – Use an analogy recently that I thought was really um, illustrative. Anyone who has remodeled a kitchen or or built a house knows when you try to get something done faster, it's not cheaper. (laughs) It's a lot more expensive. So, um, you know, while while you can rush things through the system and maybe save a little money on the front end, ultimately, it's going to be much, much more costly. California already has a higher than average reversal rate for ineffective assistance of counsel uh, claims. So by changing the requirements, lowering the standards for... Uh, counsel in these cases, and rushing these cases through the system, we're actually going to end up with more uh, claims brought up on uh, in habeas reversing these convictions on ineffective assistance of counsel grounds. And what that means is, it means a second trial, it means more money, it means more delay. Um, so that's just one example. Mm-hmm. Uh, having it go, having the habeas proceedings go back to the superior court, which I know is. Uh, probably more detail than a lot of voters want to know about, but basically it adds another layer of appeal. So now instead of going to the California Supreme Court, which we do uh, for the habeas proceeding, once the appeal's finished, these cases will go back to the trial court. So after that, they go to the Court of Appeal, then they go to the California Supreme Court, so we're adding more layers. And uh, I, I don't see how that could possibly be cheaper or mm-hmm. faster.
2: And and one thing that I noticed, too, and maybe you can clarify that I saw that um, attorneys that don't haven't previously handled uh, death penalty cases now they can they can be required to handle death penalty cases. Um, is is that true? And and it seems like that would also maybe lead to what you're talking about, where where they have to reverse it or or appeal. Is, what are your thoughts? On right,
1: that? right. One of the provisions, um, as I understand it, is there, there are attorneys who are on the panel uh, for the Court of Appeal that they handle criminal cases where you have somebody who, who can't afford counsel for their appeal. So these attorneys handle the cases on appeal. Some of them have done capital work and some of them have not. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Prop 66 basically says, well, even if you haven't done capital work and even if you don't want to do capital work or death penalty cases, if you want to stay on the panel, you have to do these cases. So a lot of attorneys I know have said, I will I will retire early. I will leave the panel. I will not be forced to take a death penalty case if I don't want to. These cases go on for years. And, you know, for a lot of attorneys, they can't afford to dedicate their practice to just one case, but, you know, they don't pay well. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a very big, uh, a daunting task to take on these cases. So, yeah, that, that's another thing that Prop 66 would do would be force those attorneys.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit and just kind of talk about the death penalty in general. Um, a lot of supporters, say that we need to keep the death penalty in place because it it is a deterrent to violent crime. Uh, you see a lot of um, peace officer organizations that are really behind it. Um, what is your response to that viewpoint about the, the fact that it's a deterrent?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked. It's actually, there's absolutely no evidence linking violent crime and capital punishment. I know it's <laughs> People say it a lot, but that doesn't make it true. The National Academy of Sciences conducted an exhaustive review of all of the credible studies that have been conducted on the deterrence question, and concluded in, in a report in uh, published in 2012 that there is no evidence that uh, having the death penalty has any impact on homicide rates or the rate of violent crime. And I would also just add that um, the Los Angeles County District Attorney, Jackie Lacey, acknowledged that recently on, on an interview on August 1st on KTLA. She was asked about deterrence and she said, uh, she said, I have to agree in my observation it's not a deterrent. Murderers don't stop and think to themselves, "Gee, I better not kill this person, or I might get the death penalty." It just doesn't work that way. So I think hearing from, hearing that from Jackie Lacey is really telling. She's the top, uh, you know, law enforcement officer in LA County, and uh, she also, in the same interview, acknowledged that. Uh, the other argument we hear a lot from law enforcement and from uh, proponents of the death penalty is that it brings closure to victims mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. family members and she said in that interview you know that's a myth people who have lost a loved one in to in a, in a murder they don't ever have closure it doesn't it's not that the death penalty just magically brings closure it doesn't so i i think the deterrent argument is it's pretty well settled uh, i know that a lot of people like to Repeat the argument, but there really isn't any evidence for it.
2: Okay, well, thank you for that. Um, one other question I wanted to ask um, about Prop 66 is that um, now that there's um, there's a limit on the on the appeals, I think it's, um, it's it's five years, as you mentioned earlier. You've had a lot of experience with the, with the Project for Innocent about uh, people that are wrongfully convicted. Um, what are the what are the risk we take by by limiting? Um, the, the length of time that people can appeal? Have you have you seen any um, any sort of research or, or specific cases where a shorter appeal process might cause some problems?
1: Well, it will absolutely cause some problems. Uh, I, I'm here to tell you that just the short time I've been with the Project for the Innocent, I can tell you our system gets it wrong with troubling frequency. Despite, you know, everyone's best efforts, we still get it wrong. And what's really interesting is that many, many of our cases are very, very old, sometimes 20, 30 years later. It, it, that's how long it takes before we have a witness who is is willing to come forward and, and recant and say, you know what, I lied. Um, and why does it take so long? I, I don't know. It's definitely a pattern I've seen in these cases. Uh, but also, it's, um, it's just, it, it, it just seems to be uh, the kind of thing that, we discover new ways in which we get it wrong every day, every week, every year. We, we now have serious questions about the arson science that um, convicted Cameron uh, Todd Willingham, and he was executed by the state of Texas. We have new science about eyewitness identification, you know, the, the way people remember things and, and, and testify about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Uh, You know, death is such a permanent thing and life without the possibility of parole, which is the alternate um, sentence um, that's proposed in Prop 62, is is a very harsh penalty. Mm
2: -hmm. Okay. well, thank you for that. Um, I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, California voters have a lot to think about when they go into the the polls. There's 17 state propositions and a whole bunch of local ones. If there's one thing um, that you could say to them about Prop 66 for them to remember, uh, what would that be?
1: Okay, one thing. Um <laughs> I would say just don't fall for the false promises. We've seen this over and over again since 1978 when the death penalty was reinstituted in California. There have been a number of initiatives that have been brought to the voters saying, you know, let's let's get tough on crime. Let's make more crimes death eligible. It's not going to cost us anything. It's going to keep us safer. And it just doesn't work. It hasn't worked out that way. It's It's not going to. The system we have now is essentially unfixable. And it would take... An execution a week, every week for the next 15 years for us to address the backlog, uh, California's death row right now. So I would say California is a great state. We can do better things with our money and our scarce judicial resources than wasting it on a failed system that doesn't work and which demeans us as a society.
2: That wraps up our episode on Prop 66. We thank you for listening. Supporters of Prop 66 will want to check out NoProp62YesProp66.com. Opponents will want to take a look at NoOnCAProp66.org. Check us out on Facebook or Twitter at Upvote Podcast or on our website. Thanks again for listening to Upvote California. See you at the polls.